to get started. Sit back, enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Sid. Tuesday, February 2nd, it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, sounds about right. Yep. Yep. We're live on TV, radio, and Sportsnet now from our basements. <laughs> but listen, we're talking to good people. Good show, Newest man. member, Toronto Blue Jays, Marcus Semyon. Why mm-hmm. Toronto? How does he feel about going from shortstop to second base? Next segment, the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays. How long will will we be able to call him the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays? Will there be others who become the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays? You and Jeff Jeff Blair just now, locally here in Toronto on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, you guys are both dropping similar-ish, okay? And the similar-ish is stuff's coming. Now, there are like 150 free agents still out there. Some are mm-hmm. better than others. Yeah. There are options. Okay. What do you say? What are you saying, McAuliffe? Give I'm me a position. saying they're not Don't give me a name. Done. Don't give me a name. Don't do that. I'm not, I'm not asking for a name. That's tough. As we've seen in this business, it's tough. But a position. <laughs> like, what, like, what are the Jays looking at here? Just, just give, give me a ballpark. Pardon the pun. They're not, they're not done. What does that mean? You what? and Jeff. You know what? I think Jeff likes you better than me. Also Sorry. coming up here on the show, it is Black History Month. As we know, it's February. Donovan Bennett, a dear friend of this show, uh, will join us next hour. We'll talk about some of the amazing content, Timmy, and we ran some of it yesterday. Some of the amazing content that he and Sportsnet are putting together in this month of February. Um, we'll also talk hockey with analyst Anthony Stewart, and we'll ask him if he will please stop creeping us out on Twitter. We, we don't know what his response will be to that. Maybe he'll oblige. All that and more straight ahead. But, Tim, another fun one on deck in the North Division tonight. Another fun one last night in the North Division. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you're Vancouver. If you're Vancouver, it wasn't fun. But for the rest of us, loads of fun. Oh, I, thought you were, I thought you were talking about Winnipeg and Calgary. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't fun. Connor Hellebuck didn't have fun. So unless you're Connor Hellebuck or Vancouver, it wasn't fun last night. The rest of us? It was fun. It was fun to watch. All right. After being shut out in their first regulation loss of the season on Saturday, Habs came out flying again last night against the Canucks. I think Sid's saying it's fun because he's been on the Habs bandwagon. Montreal snaps Vancouver's four-game winning streak with the 6-2 win. Four-game winning streak. Three of them come against the Sens in back-to-back-to-back games. But whatever. Who's counting? Uh, Canadians are now 3-0-1 against the Canucks this season, scoring 23 goals in those four games. And guess what? Get another shot at them tonight. Um, Wow. Was this a case of the Habs being really good or the Canucks being really bad? Canucks were bad last night, man. Like, Brayden Holtby went into that game, career against the Habs, 10-1-1. Career, okay? So you're thinking... Big. Thatcher Demko's played well. Bit of a different sense, team. Yeah, yeah. Different team. Yeah. Um, but, Tim, every goal, correct me if I'm wrong, every goal I saw last night from the Montreal Canadiens uh, was the path of least resistance defensively for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, it, everything was basically from hash marks in, and sometimes a lot tighter than that. Like, Lekkinen goes in, no, no resistance. Tyler Toffoli... 
He's got six goals in four games against his whole team here. Turnover, center of the ice, in comes Brendan Gallagher, boom goes the dynamite. Like it was just what's what's Braden Holpe gonna do? I think they it was had ridiculous. Five breakaways. Five breakaways. Oh, only five. Only five, five breakaways. And and, and some shorthanded chances thrown in there too. Some shorthanded chances dearly. thrown in. <laughs> just I thought the Canucks were so bad. Like, listen, Tim, you mentioned, well, who's counting? Well, we're all counting. They all count. They're all points. It's all the North Division. We all count them. But God, some of these wins look different from others. And and Vancouver did not show up to play yesterday. I'm sorry. Like that, I thought Trevor Travis Green took it easy on him in that timeout. Um, that I I I would have lamb. I would have thrown something. Holpe was not supported in any which way last night, and it was one of those. Well, it wasn't one of those nights because they've had a lot of those against Montreal this year. But uh, to answer your question, Canucks were ass. Very very interested in how they come out tonight. Very interested. Well, it'll uh, like I mean Travis Green tore a strip off of them. And that tells you who, like, that almost answers my question for me. Was it a case of the Habs being really good or the Canucks being really bad? Just look at Travis Green's forehead and what was piping out of that forehead, uh, and that'll (laughs) tell you all you need to know. So uh, I this is the beauty of this schedule. You get another shot. You get another shot, and they'll get it against, by the way, Shea Weber playing game number (laughs) 1,000. And we should tweet out the story from Eric Engels because he did a wonderful job. He went out and talked to guys that had played with Weber in the past about what makes him special. And, you know, some his game's so understated that he might be the most underrated, really, really, really good, if not great player. He, great player, I'll just say it. He is the most underrated great player in the National Hockey League. And when you hear or see, as I did, these guys talk about him and the amount of respect that he has around the league for the way he does it and the things that he does, and it's not just the big slap shot, it's the little things on his side of the ice. It was just, it was nice to kind of read people who appreciate that because you know the press doesn't. The media is all about the guy who scores the most points. That's who wins the Norris. And there's a bunch of defensemen going, this guy's really good. Yeah, so he should good. be winning Norris's like every other year. Um, I think the term, I think where you're going with this, Tim, is, and I don't disagree with it, he's the most underrated future Hall of Famer you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah. Like we, he's not that guy we talk about for all the reasons that you just kind of broached. And I think it's a great point. And, Tim, let's also remember, I know the contract has six years left on it. That's a long time. Yeah, but there was a moment 35. where this, and he's 35, but there was a moment this deal didn't look good in Montreal, right? Media was kind of having a field day injury-wise. I mean, he wasn't playing. It, it just didn't look great. Didn't look great. Things still, have changed. Still might not. Still might not, but you, But I'm talking about that moment like two, three years ago yeah. when, when he had issues with both legs separately, and you didn't know what was going to happen here with this contract, and yeah. the Montreal media let, him, let Mark Bergevin hear it a little bit, So especially when PK's going to a cup final with the other side. Um, it was just the perseverance. The perseverance here has been strong with Shea Weber, and and the respect level is incredible. Thousand games, um, hopefully has many more. I'm a fan. I'm a huge Shea Weber guy. Hopefully, there's many more in his future. We'll talk to uh, Anthony Stewart about what it means to get to a thousand a little later on. Also, Patrick Laine will make his debut with the uh, Blue Sport Coach tonight against the Dallas Stars. It's on Sportsnet 360. We've added it. 
oh, nice. to the lineup today. Sportsnet 360 will have the game 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, looks like Line A will play on a top line with uh, Alex Texier and Cam Atkinson. Uh, Texier is the guy who scored the one-handed yeah. shovel goal. Maybe uh, Texier will show him a thing or two, eh, Mikhail? Maybe Texier will just, just help his offensive <laughs> yeah, game a little bit. A little more. <laughs> kid, and kid's got some, got some mitts. Goodness gracious. So we, we got that, and we also have Sens and Oilers, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's Sportsnet Oilers. Uh, over, under on McDavid, Drysaddle combined points tonight, 6-0. I don't know, but the, I'll, I'll give you an exact total. How about that? I'm terrible at setting. You know me. I'm terrible at setting it over under. I'm awful. Well, they had 11 last time out. So I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, five total. I'm going to say the Sens show up a little bit more than they did the other night. I'm going to say five they, combined points for Dreisaitl and McDavid. They better. <laughs> right? Like if you get you get uh, waxed the like that. Down, this is a, yeah. If the Sens shut you down. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Sens. Like, the Sens better keep them to at least five because, like, listen, it's the same thing with the Canucks tonight. The Sens, you get embarrassed. You got to go back out there and show something or coach is going to shuffle the lineup. And speaking of shuffling the lineup, did you notice that looks like James Neal, healthy scratch? Oh, really? Two goals on Saturday. Yeah, it looks like they're going with 7-D. Evan Bouchard uh, making his season debut. Um, I'm kind of scouring right now to see what we can find on this pregame sound. It's a later game, so I think that sound will come down a little later. Um, I'm not exactly sure of when that press conference will be, but it's something that we should keep our eye on, I think. Uh, And two games postponed tonight. Hopefully the Sabres is just contact tracing, but uh, here we are. Well, I mean, again, Devils, Sabres Sunday afternoon. Yesterday, McCall was telling me live on air, 10 Devils are in COVID protocol, and... Hopefully the dominoes don't start falling here, and hopefully we can have some sustained hockey. By the way, Tim, just quickly on the James Neal, um, after a two-goal night, from what I know about James Neal, this could be a thing. Like, he might not be really happy about this, is all I'm saying. So watch for that storyline in Edmonton over the next couple of games. Because that's, that's, that's a surprising move. I think you got to figure out what Evan Bouchard is. I'm a fan of that, definitely. Yeah. I just yeah. think the timing here with Neal is weird. And we've already seen some players with some short rules. fuses this year. Yep, you, you said it, Tim. There's no rockets to the science there, and James Neal will let you know what he's thinking. He's that kind of guy. So how Dave Tippett handles this will be interesting. Uh, more hockey coming up. And any other hockey you want to get into here, Timmy, before we move on? Because I really want to get into the next thing before we talk. Uh, no, let's go to the next thing. Anthony Stewart later, uh, just past the 6 o'clock hour Eastern time, so about an hour from now. All right, Dateline, Atlanta. Last night, Lakers-Hawks, uh, to the surprise of me, because I wasn't paying that close attention to what the attendance news was, but fans are allowed at games, some in Atlanta. Four fans sitting courtside at the Lakers-Hawks game last night. They were all ejected after getting into it with, of all people, LeBron James. Courtside Karen was trending after LeBron tweeted on his own account following the game. Tim, what am I missing here? What the hell happened? Okay. Help me out. First off, it's getting really tough to be a Karen these days. Like, I know several Karens, and instead of just having <laughs> to deal with good fellas, Karen, Karen, that was worth $60,000. That's all the money we have, Karen. Guys don't want to go to prison unless they want to get caught, Karen. I got my stuff organized with these guys. Why did you do that, Karen? So instead of just having to deal with that... <laughs> 
Now Karens have to deal with my eight-year-old daughter watching TikTok and asking a neighborhood Karen who is a wonderful person if she would like to see the manager. That's a thing. Every kid says it to a Karen, would you like to see the manager? This isn't a Karen. It's actually a Juliana, and I have no idea what in the good name of Steve Smith she is doing on the court. I mean, mask down. Okay, hold on a second. Maybe the plastic on her face acts like some sort of shield. Oh, wow. But oh, she's, squa- wow. she's squaring up 6'8". Am I lying? She's squaring <laughs> up. You're, you're, you're not wrong. 6'8", 260. And how in the good name of Pistol Pete is she that bleeping close? I mean, the players are following strict protocols, no exchanging jerseys, forget the daps, but screw it. Karen paid $650, let her square up the best player in the league with her mask down. This is dumber than the Edmonton Football Club keeping the EE because they don't want to change the sticker logo. Like, (laughs) Karen, Juliana, I don't care what she is. None of this makes sense to me in any way, shape, or form. None of it. First, first question for me is, how does this get me closer to the vaccine? <laughs> second question. Yeah. Second question. Tim, in a world where we're all just trying to make sure our parents and grandparents don't die and try and stay safe, don't criticize those that really need to see John Collins play at a Hawks game. Okay. When you when you need to see Clint Capella, you gotta see Clint Capella. I know LeBron's there too. It's not helping the joke. I got it. Right. All right, Tim. I'm, I've also been told. Okay. So the so the couple that's really kind of taken it on social media for this is Julie. The 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 young uh, blonde woman was named Juliana Carlos, and her mm-hmm. husband is Chris Carlos. Um, I have two pieces of uh, a video and audio here. The first is from Juliana, uh, just going off on IG Live last night, <laughs> and the other, and the other is LeBron James reacting. And just for bleeps and giggles, we do also have Shea Weber talking about Game One Thousand. So if you want to throw that in here, I'm fine with it because I think it might be a similar <laughs> tone to Juliana. Oh. I'm just saying, I, th- oh. I think Shea Weber's sound and Juliana's sound might be polar opposites. So that might, I find that kind of amusing. I'm what do you want to run little, right now? It's your call. It's your call. I'm a little run. scared of running. Uh, Juliana, judging by her IG stories with the pure baby face filter that she put online last night. Okay, like, let's I don't run know a little. Heard this? Let's, let's get, wait, hold I, on, hold on. I, you, I haven't this heard. This is not a woman I, to be trifled with, Sarah. I haven't. I've been. I've been told this is serious IG live stuff. I haven't heard this again. This she got thrown out for talking junk to LeBron James last night. This is this is Juliana Carlos uh, coming down here in three, two, one. Let's see how long we can stick with it. What? What? So I'm minding my own business, and Chris has been a Hawks fan forever. He's been watching the games for 10 years, whatever. He has this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue with LeBron. I don't give a f- about LeBron. Anyway, I'm minding my own business, drinking my wine, having fun. All of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband, and I, and I see this, and I go, I stand up and go, don't f- talk to my husband. And he looks at me, and he goes, sit the f- down, b-. and I go, don't f- call me a b-. You sit the f- down, get f- out of here. And I go, don't f- talk to my husband Cut like it. that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I lost. I don't have many brain what? cells to spare. I lost 15 you, in that stretch. 
Okay. This is 2021, Sincero. Are you kidding me? That Instagram blowing up right now, and it's helped by the pure baby face filter that she was using on her IG stories. I should do that more. That was a filter, right? It wasn't just a dress that was sparkly she was wearing. No, that's that's pure baby face, honestly. All right, we are equal opportunity here on the show. LeBron James was not surprisingly asked about this incident after the game. Um, I couldn't even tell you who won the game. So LeBron, after the game, was asked um, about this. Go ahead. You know, he looked, I don't want to say he went overboard, but he went a little bit out of bounds, uh, you know, too close to, to comfort for me. They might have had some alcohol beverages on the side, so that could have – it made them feel a little tougher than what they really are, I would say. You were happy that this happened, though, right? Like, you enjoyed this. Oh, me? Yes. I love our fans. <laughs> Laker Nation and everybody else that's against Laker Nation. It just, it just feels better. Fans in the stands is just – it's just better. It's better for everybody. <laughs> what a great question. You enjoyed that, didn't you, LeBron? The look for those listening, <laughs> the, the grin on LeBron's face. He has probably not grinned le- that hard in like 13 months. Like that's the happiest, aside from winning the title, that's the happiest LeBron has been. But Tim, I'm, I, I don't mind ripping them for yelling. And by the way, this, this, this young woman better hope the Hawks and Lakers don't enter COVID protocol in the next five days. I'm not oh. kidding. She was that close. She was way close, screaming and pointing. How are the, how are the Hawks allowing this, though? Like, what are we doing here? Like, if you're, enforcing, if you're enforcing protocols on the players that don't allow them to do certain things, to have this young woman as close as she was screaming with her mask down is ridiculous, is it not? I it's mean, completely even, ridiculous. Completely. She even tweeted. She to, to her credit, she posted something after getting absolutely ratioed on her Instagram, saying, I take full responsibility for everything last night. It starts with about last night and then ends with, I take, I take full responsibility. Take full. <laughs> but, Tim, where I draw the line, and I haven't seen these pictures, Juliana and Chris Carlos, the couple, like, you want to rip them for what they did, that's fine, but they're taking a lot of shtick on social media just for, like, I don't know. I haven't seen the, the pictures. Oh, he's, like, 40 years older than she is. I get wait, it. You look like a broke-ass Sylvester Stallone is what he looks like. Wait. Oh, this, it if, must be love, McAuliffe. It must be love. It must be. What, this one's going to last a lifetime. Good for them. If, Good for if them. Shabba Ranks and Crystal taught me anything in life, Sydney, it's that you can <laughs> fall in love with a man nearly twice your age. I know. Joby, Joby. Joby, Joby. <laughs> I know. Joby, Joby. Joby, Joby. I went to a Hawks game. Joby, Joby. Joby, Joby. <laughs> I there saw LeBron man. and he oh. said, my name's <laughs> We got to go. We're not done with this. We're not done with this. Third block. We're revisiting all of this. And Marcus Simeon, Jay's is next. We're going to talk to him because we're the best. Roll it. <laughs> Marcus them. Simeon next here. Yes. Jimmy. We'll ask him if he's ever talked don't to don't someone. Scheduled Donovan Bennett, Anthony Stewart, Marcus Simeon. Uh, he is yet to join us, so I'm going to go through some of the tweets that we received in the opening segment while talking about courtside Karen. Tim, Tim, I might have some, uh, might have some background music for you as you do this. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. I can't read while well this. I'm in love with a man in twice my age. 
Quatrick Swayze writes in and says she's more of a Becky. Hashtag courtside Becky. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Gary. Gary, I got a Mary Brown's gift card that says the Atlanta Hawks Karen makes it into the next season of The Real Housewives. It's a good bet and getting in Mary Brown's friend of the show. A lot mm-hmm. going on in that tweet. Smart. Yeah. Some smart tweets in the right smart. off the front. Very right. smart. Jeff Pereira writes in and says, a Shabba Ranks reference on Tim and Sid, Chef's Kiss. Another example of how that show salvages Canadian sports coverage again and again at <laughs> Tim and Sid. <laughs> and um, finally, sh- oh, one more. Go ahead. Sean writes in and says, fans in Atlanta courtside tested pregame. Important information from our guy, Sean. And as we know from the CDC, those rapid tests are foolproof. Yeah. Yeah. Air, airtight argument there, Sean. Airtight argument. <laughs> no, right. I mean, they, I think they're 80%. I think they're 80%. Better than nothing. Yeah, Better than nothing. That's 20%. That means you don't know what you're talking about, Sean. <laughs> Sean. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pick up on this unless unless Marcus Simeon wants to humor us and talk about what happened in Atlanta, which he does not have to do last no. night. Uh, no. Marcus, that was not the first impression I intended on making with you, but it happened. Welcome Shut to the up. show. Welcome to, to to Canada. Welcome to the Jays. Um, welcome to Tim and Sid. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, all that stuff's fine. I hope those people are wearing masks at least with that well, test I, I, in that one. At one point they were, and then when it came down to, to, to cussing out LeBron, uh, the mask came off, which horrified a lot of people, including Adam Silver, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll right. move past that. This is about you and, and the new team. Let's move on to good well, things. My first question, though, is are you too young for Shaba Ranks? Yes. yes. I have no yeah. idea. Yep. <laughs> no right. idea okay. what that is. Well, Shaba right. once wore a girl, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you're you're, age, you're yeah, aging us. Totally and just, lost. Just, Justifiably, yes. You're, you're not the first guest to be lost in the show. I'm sorry about that, Marcus. Let's move on and talk about relevant, relevant things. Um, <laughs> let's start with let's start with why Toronto. Well, um, good question. I didn't. I haven't even thought about it like that. You know, this this free agency was something that I've first of all never experienced. But a lot of people are just you know having trouble figuring out with with covid and everything but um i had i did a zoom call with toronto a couple of weeks ago that really just went well and it just you know they said kind of what they were looking for in a, in a veteran you know leader uh infielder and i liked everything i heard and as time went on and you're, you're doing calls with other teams and you're, you're hearing other offers it's like and these Toronto guys, like they got, they have a really good thing going over there, and um, you know, here we are today. You know, I'm I'm really happy with the decision my family and I made, and we're really looking forward to this one year, and hopefully more after that. What do you know? Jays fans' ears just perked up when you said that. But what what do you know about the team that you're joining? Well, I know that um, there's a young core that is just full of studs, right? Like these, especially the position group, um, you know, I haven't played against all of them, but, you know, being on the West coast in Oakland, we get to watch all those East coast games and I, I love watching baseball and I would watch them play. And I'm like, man, who are these kids? Like, I know they're 
some of them, their, their pops, you know, played in the big leagues and all this. But the more I watch them, I'm like, these guys are good. And, you know, then you start to see uh, the guys they're adding, you know, George Springer, uh, Kirby Yates. Uh, some of the moves they've made, it's just like, wow, they're, they're really adding some, some quality players. Um, and then when they called me, just, you know, the offer they made just was really hard to turn down, especially with everything they have to offer as an organization. Marcus Simeon, who finished third in AL MVP voting back in 2019, joining us here on Tim and Sid. He is the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Marcus, for, forgive me if I'm intruding, but I am curious. Where, at what point in the decision-making process were you when you heard about the George Springer signing? Like, had you, how, how, had you and the Jays even been really co- communicating that much? Like, where, where did that stand when you heard? Uh, yeah, we were in communication before that. So like I mentioned that zoom call, that was before George had signed. Um, Mm -hmm. so we, you know, we continued to talk and, you know, my whole thing initially was like, Hey, I want to play shortstop still. And so we kind of like, we didn't talk probably for a week and a half because, you know, we told him, Hey, he's, he's got some options that are guaranteeing him a spot to play shortstop. Um, yes, we're looking for a one year deal. And, you know, as time went on, this this um, offer kind of developed with Toronto. And the more and more I thought about it, I'm like, this is still middle infield. And, you know, I, I, I want to go out there and have a full season under my under my belt, um, a quality season to, to go in and try to do this thing again in free agency. And I felt like this is the perfect spot to do it. Even, you know, even though it's not shortstop, this is going to be really, really fun and uh, I'm really excited for this year. Marcus Simeon here on Tim and Sid. Marcus, you haven't played second base at this level since 2014. Um, is is Are you looking also at, at maybe next offseason? Because there's a lot of shortstops that are coming up here. And you're one of the great ones. But are you also thinking, you know what, if I could, if I could change the narrative a bit and also go into that second base market, assuming you do that, which, which contractually you'd have the right to, how much of that are you thinking about going into this move, that this could also benefit you long-term as well? Well, first and foremost, I'm 100% focused on the task at hand this year. Um, now, looking at the, the market next year and the position, uh, I would hope that you know the industry kind of sees me as someone who can play, still play shortstop. Um, For sure. And if not, hey, second base is there. So, uh, it seems like in today's era, versatility is not a bad thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what those uh, big-name shortstops next year are asking for, and then we'll kind of see what, what both markets look like. But like I said, um, this year is what I'm focused on, bringing a championship to Toronto first. I mean, that's, that's the goal, and everything else, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, we heard from your former A's teammates um, upset that they lost a leader. How tough slash nice, I guess bittersweet would be the word. How how bittersweet is it for an East Bay guy especially to hear that on the way out um, your teammates respected you on a team that you had spent six seasons with? Yeah, I mean, I, I did read some of the things that were said and, you know, it's we built we built something nice there. I mean, the culture 
when I first got there, you know, they were coming off three years of playoffs, but they kind of dismantled that team and restarted again. And, you know, in 2015, the coach, the, I was a young guy and I didn't say much, but you know, we had, we had a, three tough seasons. And by the time the end of 17 happened, we were, we brought some of these young guys up very similar to Bo and um, Kevin and Vladdy. Like we're talking about Matt Chapman, Matt Olson here. Like, yeah. When those guys came up and everything started to come together a little bit and I felt like I was more in a leadership role, um, we built something that was just beautiful, like culture. Everybody had you know, a voice in the clubhouse, and we wanted a clubhouse where we want each player to be the best versions of themselves. And whatever you need to do to do that, um, let's see it. Because we don't want anybody in here walking on eggshells because they're a rookie and then it affects how they play on the field. Um, so that's kind of what some of the guys were talking about. And they'll they'll still have that over there. Uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of a thing where I was used to playing at home. Um, you yeah. know, one-year deal. I thought maybe it would it would happen, but, you know, it didn't. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm here in Toronto. Is that something you feel like you can bring to the Jays? Definitely. Um, you know, when I arrive in, in uh, Dunedin, you know, the first thing I want to do is just kind of meet everybody and see how everybody goes about their business. And I want to try and fit in as best as I can. And, you know, I think that my experience will help. Playoff experience helps. Jordan's World Series experience really helps. Um, but just our the amount of at-bats we've had in the big leagues and different things we've seen uh, that maybe the young bucks haven't seen yet will really be able to rub off on them. Marcus Simeon, the newest Blue Jay here on Tim and Sid. I mean, uh, Marcus, you look at this team now up the middle. you got Springer and center for the most part. you got yourself and Bo. Uh, you you got your relationship both on and off the field is going to be vital here. Um, has he reached out? Have you talked to him? Has there been any communication? Yeah, he was one of the first guys who reached out. Um, you know, he him being a Tampa guy, you know, he's like, hey, let me know anything you need. Let me know because I grew up in the area. He knows that it's a big move for my family and I, being from you know the West Coast and used to Arizona. Um, and what I mentioned to him was that I was just really, really excited to work up the middle with him. And you know, I, I told him I've been watching some video on him and his, his defense, and I can't wait to get to work on some things that'll get us both ready um, to, you know, just be solid up the middle and help our pitchers out because. You know, both of us have, you know, impact bats. and But the defense is, you know, in our mind, defense should be the most important thing because it doesn't just affect us, it affects our pitchers. Uh, hitting, will, hitting will always be there. And that's kind of the mindset I hope to bring in. I'm sure he already has it, but uh, just to kind of emphasize it. Marcus Simeon joining us here on uh, Tim and Sid. I know last year wasn't what you wanted it to be. Hell, that could be said for most of us about last year. But I, I was researching your career for this interview, and I noticed that you know even after you were drafted and you followed your parents to Cal, uh, freshman year wasn't uh, exactly what you wanted. But you bounced back. Like it's kind of littered throughout your career, bouncing back. Is that something you've noticed and pride yourself on? Yeah, I think that every year you you kind of, you know, once you finish the year, you look back at it, look back on it and see, hey, what did I do well? What did I not do well? 
and you have an entire off season to to kind of iron some things out and keep the things you did well going. Um, so you know, I look at last year and where I finished, and I just literally just rolled right into the off season. Like, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is what I want to continue. And the main focus for me now is having a full gym to work out in and focusing on my health and my body and just getting in better shape because for a lot of people, the pandemic kind of, you know, messed up where they train or how they train or their routine. And, you know, guys, you know, got banged up. You know, I feel like I was banged up even though it was a 60 game season because you know, I didn't get to train the way I wanted. So now I'm in a place where a really good place with my body and uh, fitness as well as my you know, routine with baseball stuff. And I really can't wait to get out to that brand new complex. Marcus Simeon, new member of the Jays here on Tim and Sid. Marcus, you're not only a new member of the Jays, but you are uh, part of the uh, Players Association Executive Subcommittee. Obviously, major news last night, uh, the owner's proposal of 154 games and other things. I don't want to belittle the other things, but for the sake of time, I say that. Uh, was turned down by your association, and there was no counter. I, I don't want to get in the weeds on that. Um, you, because uh, that's not my intention. This is this is a welcome to Toronto thing. I want to keep it light. But your your opinion of going in there now on April the first and having a full 162, um, how comfortable are you with that? Because there are some risks there, and obviously this was a complicated proposal. It wasn't black or white. But your your thoughts on how the last 24 hours kind of played out between the PA and ownership? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've learned a lot over this, you know. 2020 and the early part of this year about just CBA negotiations, now COVID negotiations, uh, you know, none of it is easy and I get it. Both sides have, you know, their agendas. Um, you know, we do want everything to kind of line up for the better of the game, but sometimes there's decisions that have to be made that, you know, are for the better of the players. Um, if this is our union and we believe that, you know, we we can play a full season here. Um, we were happy to push the season back if we could push it back on the other end, but that wasn't the case. Um, so we looked at, a you know, the proposal as, okay, 154 games in 166 days and expanded playoffs, and we kind of, you know, looked at all the risk, the injury risk there, um, you know, amongst other things. And, you know, it, we have a CBA in place that has a schedule written out right now, and that's what, that's kind of what we already want to do. So that's why there was no counting. Marcus Simeon here on Tim and Sid. Um, I feel bad because I went down the Shaba Ranks road to start this conversation, ask mom and dad. Uh, they might have a better idea of the Jamaican dance hall artist, uh, Shaba Ranks, that is part of the culture in Toronto. Uh, so I, I might have to play it for you a little later on in the season, and at the risk of being old again, I have to remind you and ask you that another Bay Area kid came to Toronto from Oakland and did okay. A guy named Ricky Henderson came in 93, and it turned out pretty good for him, for the Jays, a World Series. Am I bringing up one of your dudes, or were you like three, and I'm, again, an old man on live national uh, television and radio? <laughs> No, Ricky is is one of the biggest influences on my career. Um, of course, I loved him as a kid. Uh, he was also my dad's favorite player. Um, and Ricky was also one of the first people I called in the beginning of this offseason just because he 
him being a Bay Area kid with so much time, you know, in Oakland, our hometown, um, you know, I wanted his take on just, you know, when he went through the process, um, you know, his, his process was a little different because he was traded from Oakland. I, I made it through the free agency, but he said, you know, he always, he did enjoy the West coast more, but Toronto was the one place on the East coast that he loved. And I, you know, every piece of, I take all the advice I can from Ricky and that stuck with me the entire off season. So when they called, you know, I had that in the back of my mind the whole time. Hmm. Um, when he broke Lou Brock's stolen base record and the line, I'm the greatest of all time, was that the most egotistical thing ever or the greatest thing in the history of sports? <laughs> well, once you hear his story about it, you realize that it was one of the greatest things and he was the greatest stolen base, you know, guy of all time. And that's what he meant. And, uh, you know, his, it's funny because he would come out and do base running with us in spring, but nobody could do it like Ricky. And it was just <laughs> like, man, this guy is like so explosive. Like, I don't, I just don't, I can, literally can't do what you do, Ricky, but I'll, I'll listen. But <laughs> uh, that's kind of how, how those days went sometimes. What was well, the, like, uh, 130 was the number, I think, in one season, right? Like, that's his record, 130? So Stolen bases? Stealing second and third every time. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's crazy because how many times you go over and you don't get on base? So it's just, yeah. it's amazing, it's amazing yeah. what he did. And nobody else will ever be able to do that in this game. It's a great point. You can't steal first base. Yeah. It's a great point. Exactly. So right. we talked hitting a lot. We talked hitting more than base running because, you know, I, I was hitting leadoff for a while right. for Oakland and just like, like, man, like, how did you walk so much with all that power? That's what everybody, every GM salivates over, like the numbers you put up. And you know, he was so talented, but he knew, he knew his approach. He knew the spot he was looking for, and he did not leave that spot. And every player wants to get to that, you know, that point in the season where they can do that. But he just was able to do it for his entire career. Amazing. Well, I mean. I don't want to put the pressure on you. He was on base uh, before Carter's home run. There is a special, special place <laughs> yeah. in the hearts of Jays fans uh, for Ricky mm-hmm. Henderson. So, But um, regardless of the great Ricky Henderson, Marcus, there's there's a lot of people excited. I know it's a weird time. We can't meet face-to-face, and hopefully we will soon. Um, welcome to Canada. Welcome to this organization. And uh, it was it was a pleasure talking to you today, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, guys. There is uh, Marcus Simeon the uh, newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays. I just did it quickly. I baseball referenced. I had to. Uh, He walked 116 times in the year that he stole 130 bases. (laughs) Like, he's just, he was. Like, I'm I'm so lazy. I would have stopped at, like, 90. Or maybe not 90. I would have gotten to 100. I would have gotten to 100. And then I'd be like, I'm I'm good for a while. Like, how many more bases do I have to steal here? Just insane. He went, he went, he was caught stealing 42 times that year. The next year he went 108 steals, 19 caught stealing. <laughs> just <laughs> insane. But it, like, first off, uh, Simeon uh, went to Cal Berkeley, really good school. Both of his parents went to Cal Berkeley. Uh, you can tell with his work on the executive subcommittee, he is a smart man. And we keep hearing about Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro wanting to bring in character guys to that clubhouse. Doesn't it sound like they're doing exactly that with Marcus Semien? Uh Yeah. And again, that relationship between both. Listen, I, I, Marcus Simeon, 
I know Ross and Mark are counting on Marcus Simeon to rub off on a lot of the young, impressionable guys in that room because they're still they're still young and impressionable, right? A lot of them. Um, but that relationship specifically between Bo Bichette and I was I was actually very glad to hear that Bo Bichette was one of the first guys to reach out. That, that made me feel good because that's going to be an important and, relationship. And and um, reach out about Tampa. Dunedin. Yes. Hmm. yes. I'm not going to put that on them, but we're going to discuss it next. By the way, Tim, uh, before we go, speaking of Tampa, uh, yeah. Chris Archer is going back to the Rays. One year, $6.5 million. So if you had Chris wow. Archer in the – are the Yankees Jays picking up another arm pool? Uh, Chris Archer is off the board, according to Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan. One year, $6.5 million. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. All right, we'll take the break. Well. We will get to uh, all your tweets on both Marcus and Shabba Ranks. Next, here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. The relentless Shabarangs tweets are making me chuckle. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kill the music, Dylan. Hold on. What are you doing? Uh, Sylvie writes in and says, Your love for old school reggae and dance hall is what I will miss the most. Wish we could send off Sid with a dance party. But we can. <laughs> for those listening on radio, Sixero has busted into what I believe to be a dance, but he's still sitting down. How no... many basement dances, McAuliffe? How Stop many banging basement on the damn dance? furnace. Furnace is just taking a beating. The <laughs> Lennox guy is cleaning up. <laughs> cleaning up. Party done. Uh, Alex writes in and says, All I can hear in my head now is Mr. Loverman Shabba. Shabba. Thanks, guys. Hashtag Tim and Citizen. Uh, Corey writes in. I uh, can cut the music. Uh, don't forget the bringer of rain came from that A's club. And he I, won that's where MVP. I thought you were going with it. That's where I thought Hash, you were going with it, McAuliffe. I thought you were hashtag, making a Josh Donaldson reference. Come on, man. And I kind of sort of knew about the Ricky Henderson thing. So sometimes, Cody, we will give ourselves up to get the answer. And it was real interesting for me to hear him talk about Ricky Henderson in those terms. Different players, right? Very different players. But... But I just, I just love the honesty of like, you know me, like I, I my guys. If I still run into my guys, I, I'm, yeah. they're my, they're, they're your heroes. Forever, they're your heroes. Die, yeah. Even if you hear a messed up story here or there, like it's, a, they're still your heroes. Like it's great. And that's Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson had that effect. I'm not sure he even knew. Like he knew he was great. He knew he was a Hall of Famer. But like to touch kind of young, younger players. Yeah, I, I think you should finish that sentence though. Because all you said was to touch young, and then it froze, and you're still frozen. So now you're back. Okay. So to touch younger players the way he did by talking to them, is that – I don't want to stop there. It's just an awkward – I'm sorry. It was a bad freeze. You know what I think I'm going to do? i to jump in. <laughs> just walk away from it. That was a bad freeze, wasn't it, McCall? It was one of the worst. That was one of the worst freezes I've had. Do you know all the lyrics and that they're... Don't do that. Whatever you're doing, don't do that. Do you know all the wind. lyrics? I'm doing a form of wind. Can't see it. It's yes. good wind. It's like a Once wind. Once in for Sherman yeah. Hamilton, he laughed for like an hour of it. 
No, you did the butterfly for Sherman Hamilton. I remember oh, yeah, it. Sure. And it was one of the funniest things that I'd ever seen in my life. Sure. Sherm looked at me and said, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> Which applies to many things uh, in my life. Yeah. And Chris writes in the Marcus Simeon interview on Tim and Sid really excited me for the upcoming season. Like, I think a lot of people, having heard him speak, understand the signing a lot more. I would agree. Uh, I, th- I He sounds like, like I know it seems... We should have a I know it's tough to prove. Well, I maybe. <laughs> I got the I got Spotify open to him. I'm feeling frisky. I know it nice. sounds weird to say he's guy sounds like a leader, but did he not a little bit? Like I I, I don't always buy the line, but with Marcus, I kind of bought the line. Anyway. Uh all right, we're gonna step aside here. Yeah. We have some news, unfortunate news from the NHL schedule wise. We gotta tell you that. Anthony Stewart yeah. of uh Hockey Central will join us. Donovan Bennett will join us. We'll get a little Raptors in as well as we get ready for Orlando and the Raptors this evening. And we got to go back to that LeBron, um, Juliana Carlo story. There's, there's a lot left here on Timmonson. A lot. Time for Timmonson. Time for Timmonson. Time for Timmonson. Time for Timmonson. Oh, yeah. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Final hour to Sweet to be Sour. Uh, Donovan Bennett will join us in about a half an hour. He has had his hand in a lot of the Back History Month stuff that we are doing across the Sportsnet family of channels and on digital. Uh, we will discuss that and probably Shaba Ranks coming up about a half an hour from now. How and- can we not at this point? How can we not? Yeah. I, mean, I think we'd be doing a disservice to the audience, quite frankly. Someone wrote in and said, when Sid's gone, McAuliffe, who are you going to drop your Shabba Ranks references on that will get them? Uh, one, Donovan Bennett. Two, to Jeff Ken Black. Reed. <laughs> <laughs> we both reached for the whitest guy we could find. Well, Blair listens to reggae. No, hold okay, I'm going to back off Blair. Blair's familiar of the ways. He's familiar. Right. Sorry, Jeffy. Sorry, Jeffy. Please don't get mad. I'll, throw, I'll find another name in there somewhere. Joe Siddle. I'll <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of a guy who might not be into that track. But I think Joe Siddle boggles. Um, so the NHL, <laughs> I, is, I is, <laughs> the NHL is now in this spot where uh, we yeah. saw the NFL, we saw Major League Baseball, and we've seen kind of the NBA. I don't know if we saw the NBA to this extent, though they don't have this size roster. Uh, the Devils now have 14 players in COVID protocol as the NHL announces that the Sabres have been postponed through at least February 8th as two of their players have been added to the COVID protocol list. And all this comes amid at least one report that I can see about uh, the Sabres being kind of upset that they played the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um, Taylor Hall and, and Rasmus Ristolainen also in COVID protocol for now. That, Tim, like, I, this is not an I told you so moment, but the second the Devils news came across our desks yesterday, yeah, I, read that. I, I, I went right to Sunday afternoon. And um, you were hoping it wouldn't be an outbreak, and we're, uh, we're kind of there. So... That's the latest. The Sabres thing, the, the only good news is that's only that's three games. That's a game tonight that we're supposed to play. 
That's only three games on the Sabres schedule going into Monday. Monday night, they're scheduled to play Boston. So hopefully that's it. But um, 14 guys, Tim, that's the number for the Devils? 14 guys? 14 now. Again, we don't know big. We don't know whether it's positive tests or just contact trade. Like, just that right. protocol means it's a very broad definition. So, um, that's a lot of people, though. <laughs> that's like Baltimore Ravens ish. And if <laughs> if it goes to the Sabers, uh, and I'll give David Pagnata credit here because I just read his tweet um, that said multiple people have told me the Sabers were absolutely livid. Their games versus the Devils weren't postponed. Now they're doing dealing with two players in COVID protocol. So that's where I got that from. And I'm not the guy to not say the name. So I was looking for who said it. And I wanted to make sure that I gave credit. So that's uh, David Pagnotta of the fourth period who said that the Sabres may be livid at what happened here. So that's, that's kind of the crappy hockey news going on right yeah. now. And we'll keep you updated in case... Hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to update you on this in this regard, but we'll see. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule, though, Timmy. There's there's fun stuff tonight. Yep. Vancouver, Montreal, Sportsnet, Pacific. I mean, we've got the Raptors coming up on one, Ontario and East. That's that's great. Uh, and Vancouver, Montreal, Sportsnet, Pacific. We have Calgary, Winnipeg doing it again. Sportsnet West, Connor Hellebuck will be hoping it's a better night for him. And uh, the Sens as a whole will be hoping it's a better night for them, taking on the Edmonton Oilers on Sportsnet Oilers. So uh, plenty of hockey going on this evening. Joining us now to talk about some of the hockey, some of that, some of the protocol stuff that we've been talking about, is a Doctor Deepfake himself, Anthony Stewart of Hockey <laughs> Central, joining us. And just and literally as the show progressed, and Tim and I were referencing Anthony Stewart just briefly, uh, I did mention how freaked out I am on Twitter by Anthony Stewart's deepfakes. The second it came out of my mouth. There was um, a gif for me, I don't know what you would call it, of Anthony Stewart's face deep faked onto the VP of, of, of Technical Operations, Dagan Pasquale, in our old studio eight years ago when we used to see people. Uh, Anthony Stewart's face is on Dagan's face, messing up my hair. And again, it freaked me out. It's the same thing he does all the time. Uh, Anthony Stewart's a master at this. Anthony Stewart joining us live. Do you not, like, no one man should hold all that power, Anthony. Like, what are you doing with this? This is freaking me out. Well, I'll just start off by saying when I first started off at Sportsnet on my first hit, literally they found out I had a BlackBerry and literally roasted me on air for a good seven minutes. And so now the power of the BlackBerry now has given me these, the ability now to have all these amazing memes. So it's not a software. It's just a special power that these Blackberries do have. And it's no coincidence that as soon as I started tweeting these new memes that their stock has gone up. Oh, that's what So you're yes. still using the BlackBerry? <laughs> that's what did it. Oh, yeah, BlackBerry Key 2. This is not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're not serious. You're not. Anthony, yes. some people think you're serious. You seriously cool. have a BlackBerry. Uh, I thought that was always a gag me, with Mary. I've heard it all. I heard... <clears throat> I hear it every morning when I scanned uh, my phone for a coffee at Starbucks. They're like, you still have a BlackBerry? I'm like, yep, I'm the only one. And they tell, they tell tales. Everyone has a tale about when they had a BlackBerry. Back in uh, 07, when I had a BlackBerry, the Pearl was amazing. <laughs> my favorite phone. My favorite phone of the state, a BlackBerry Pearl. Fantastic phone. Fantastic. I don't know what happened, but it, it should they, the company should have lasted longer. Anthony Stewart here on Tim and Sid. They're, they're still there. What are you talking about? They should have well, lasted longer. Yeah, with one guy. Yeah, it's there with one guy. We're talking to him. <laughs> it's with Anthony. Anthony Stewart. Uh, Keeping them Anthony, alive. 
uh, Ant, I want to I want to keep it light, but we do. If you if you have anything to say about the news regarding the Devils and the Sabers, go ahead. If not, it is what it is. Let's hope for the best for everyone, and we can move on to other stuff. It's your call. Yeah, yeah, you, you hope for the best, right? But again, I think it was inevitable that the fact that you know we're not in a bubble, and that's what worked so well for the National Hockey League during the playoffs last year. But they're not in a bubble now, so it's inevitable. We saw what happened with baseball and football and basketball, so it's it's it, it's not surprising. So let's just hope it's uh, uh, precautionary as opposed to all 14 players getting COVID. But at the end of the day, I, I think you know the, everyone sort of made you know secondary options in case this happens. So whether we get to a full 56 game season or not. Uh, you know the the self the the safety is, is paramount for a lot of these athletes. So we'll see where it goes, but it's not trending in the right direction right now. Uh, I know a lot of the deep fakes, uh, Anthony Stewart, who joins us here on Tim and Sid, of Sixero, or at least one of them, came from a post about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I'm going to try and get past the visual of Polka Sixero that you posted, which was wonderful. <laughs> Are the Habs the best team in the North? <sighs> It's, it's, you know what, I don't want to seem like a homer, but I'd have to say now, remember, I think they've won two or three games since he actually posted that ridiculous uh, post at the time. So at the time, I would say no. <laughs> It'd have to be the fact that it was Toronto Maple Leafs. But again, they're just beating up on some, you know, pretty good teams. You know, you saw what they did against uh, Vancouver last night, where um, I, I say they're the best team just based on the fact that they're playing the game the right way. They're not getting. They're not getting lucky. They're just relentless on the forecheck. They're scoring shorthanded goals at will. All four lines are rolling. So I think top to bottom, yeah, I'll give the slight edge to the Montreal Canadiens. But at the time, you know, uh, Toronto was in first place. I know they're still in first place now. And Toronto beat them. So you got to beat the best if you want to be the best, as uh, my good friend Ric Flair says. Don't don't nature boy this discussion. (laughs) Don't nature boy the discussion. And by the way, Anthony, Anthony Stewart here on Tim and Sid, who I love, why is it if you're not always just praising William Nylander on Twitter, you attack hockey fans? Like, why do you have to do that? <laughs> praising Nylander? Like, oh I my find, gosh, like, as soon as I type in you... the N, when I go N-Y-L, the, the dogs are literally sick to me where they're pulling up my Corsi stats from like 2007. You were brutal, and here's your heat map from 2010, and hey, here's a picture of you sitting in the press box in Florida. So uh, I have a really uh, love-hate relationships with the Twitter and Corsi Twitter because as soon as I mention Nylander, myself, or uh, Brian Burke, they give it to us hard. So my, my, my rule, just leave Nylander alone don't even mention him just give him a thumbs up when he does well but if he has a bad game just that's uh, your rule. put the microscope you go to it three else. times a week yeah, Freddie, that's yeah. your rule lay off <laughs> Nylander on Twitter three times a week yeah. Anthony Stewart is just let me talk about everyone. Pierre Engvall here for a minute yeah, <laughs> yeah I like Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Stewart here on Tim and Sid why doesn't um, he play more and, well he's a big body yeah why doesn't he yeah. play more and how and I'm not and I'm, I'm looking for punchline or anything because I didn't play any games in the NHL how many games did you play in the NHL I played 256, but I think I was credited for like 302 towards my pension that after the last lockout, it doesn't matter because they moved it up right. to, to 400 games. So I don't even get that. So that's worth nothing. So 256, credited for 304 because I was in the press box uh, eating popcorn and the hot dogs in Montreal in the, in, in the press box. <laughs> that's the best press box to be doing that. You and I Steaming both know that. Yeah. Um, oh, and the reason I bring it up, and Tim brought it up earlier, Ant, is uh, we got Shea Weber playing game 1000 tonight. Um for a guy who's been in the league, when you see that number for a player, like how much how much do you respect that number? 
you have to respect it because not a lot of guys get it. And, and for him now, he's made a lot of money in his career and he's actually had a lot of injury problems where he can mail it in, where I think last year guys were thinking that he may have been uh, done with some of the injuries that he's had over his career. So for him, <clears throat> excuse me, he's one of the, the best of the best. And what I like about it, when he got traded to Montreal, everyone was saying it was an awful trade. He's in the sunset twilight of his career and he's done. But he actually took his game to a whole other level now where it made, it forced Bergevin uh, to go out and extend Carey Price and get these guys and make them a competitor because he still they have a window to win the Stanley Cup. So with Weber, he's the leader of that team. Uh, he still has the big shot. He can still he's a threat to score 15 goals in a regular 82 uh, game season. I like him, World Junior teammate. And remember this, he was a second round uh, draft pick in the National Hockey League. So for me to get 268 as a as a first rounder and him as a second to play a thousand, it's an amazing feat. I heard Mark Edward Vlasic talking glowing terms about the respect that he gets in the league, and I hear you say the word respect, and all I could think of was, who who do you look at as the most respected guys in the game? Like, there's a to be respected by fans, I think is different than being respected by players because there's things that you can do in a game where you lose respect. Um, who do you look at as as some of the most respected guys when I mention something like that? Well, this is uh, well. We'll keep it Toronto here because I'm not a homer, but uh, just Wayne Simmons, just based on the fact that there's guys that have just met him and just the way that they talk about his leadership and what he brings to a team and just the toughness and dragging his team into the fight. Wayne Simmons is one of those guys, but uh, Joe Thornton as well. I did one training camp with uh, Jumbo Joe in San Jose, and I felt like he's my best buddy. And every time I see him, I like almost go to give him a hug. That's how much I respected him. But I think of all time for you know during my career, if you ask anybody about Joel Ward who's now an assistant coach with the Henderson, uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights farm team. He's probably one of the most respected guys where coaches, GMs, owners, uh, I've never heard no one say or anybody say one negative thing about Joel Ward. So that goes a long way. That goes a long way uh, with regards to respect. And we talked about it last year with uh, Jason Spezza when he was getting scratched. That was a lack of respect in the NHL. We call it respect with the K. So respect goes a long way in the National Hockey League. Anthony Stewart gets respect on this show here on Tim and Sid. Um, put all right, I want, I want his name. Yeah. Put respect on his name. Um, Jets game last night, boys. So Hellebuck lets in that Chris Tanev goal from center ice, from beyond center ice. After the game, uh, Paul Maurice said it wasn't a bad goal; it was a fluke. Anthony Stewart, was it a bad goal, or was it a fluke? And what's the difference? <laughs> Well, I think at the end of the day, Hallibuck has earned a, a couple uh, muffins, as they say, that goes in because he has been the you know one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League for the last two years, and he's been on, 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 and he rarely lets those in. So I think that's more so the coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, letting him off the hook because he plays so well. But at the end of the day, that was a bad goal. <laughs> bad goal up two nothing. Let's remember where it was, right? Like, I mean, Winnipeg's up two nothing. All of a sudden, flames back into it. Like that, that game, you, they, were, they were close to locking it up. What are you doing, though? This is a Vezina trophy. It's a bad goal. No, I'll just say it. Hey, like, that's what I'm you, saying. It's a bad goal, right? You're blaming a him for the loss? Like, no, what are we no. Doing I, here? No, I was just, I was just, okay. I, I was just saying, I, saying I, I don't blame him for the loss. I'm saying it's Hellebuck's fault they lost. I think it's a big difference. <laughs> Right. You hear that? Anthony? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I digress. I'm a huge, I digress. I, I digress. It, but but it was the tertiary goal later that really did him in, Anthony. As you know, Anthony. Stewart. We retired that word. We retired that word. The new no, word is Kim Kardashian. So if you're minus three or four, Kim Kardashian. So uh, yeah. uh, you know, Connor McDavid had uh, six points or five points the other night, but he was uh, Kim Kardashian one. 
Okay, Tim, text me or what he's talking about. One. Yeah, dash, we'll see if dash, that catches dash, on. Dash one. one. Dash Victor Mate was a dash two. A Kim Kardashian yes. two. I got it. Um, McDavid Dreisaitl will have 22 and 21 points. Uh, over 56, that pace is 112 and 106. Uh, over 82, that pace pace is McDavid uh, 164, Leon 156. Can you see them hitting 100 in the 56-game schedule? Well, a, a gift just popped into my mind, and it's the uh, Robin Williams when he says, what year is it when he's got the big beard and he shows up? So <laughs> I think, you know, is it 1993 now? I, I think we're just past that point where you think there's no way. I could say 100, maybe 105, but I think realistically the line has got to be set at – 90 points right because again there's yeah. going to be some games that they're going to be you know throwing donuts out there and 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 you know going through a 10 game segment with only five six seven points it happened last year they're scoring an, an elite clip right now but can they keep, keep that up i don't know i think eventually you know when you get into the game 30 40 45 mark the game starts to tighten up because you got to start collecting points and but right now they seem unstoppable but i think the line we got to draw it realistically. Let's start it now. Set the line for Canada. I'm going to say 87 points. 87 points to lead the league. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I said uh, a couple shows ago, Sid, uh, that I thought Marner and Matthews might stick around in this race. But Marner's third in the league in scoring, and he's already seven points back. <laughs> um, do, you, do you see anyone running with Connor and Leon? <sighs> No, <laughs> just because like it, just the fact that, you know, Dreisaitl has a quiet game the other night and he's just sort of cruising, I think, one or two shots on that. And he's got six assists through 28 <laughs> minutes of the game. So uh, Marner has been known to be sort of quiet and have two, three points. But these guys are having quiet games and, and putting up five, six points. It reminds me of uh, Corey Locke and, and Matt Foy when they used to put up eight points against Kingston when they played for the Ottawa 67s. Every single night they're putting up eight, no, eight points. So it's going to be too tough we knew the division uh, the canadian division was going to be a little bit lax on defense and it's proving that uh right now so i don't think anybody can keep up maybe marner matthews will keep up in the goal department but these guys are are waking up and, and putting up four spots and five spots uh, every other night anthony stewart here on tim and sid um and i want to tim and i haven't kind of brought up the tony d'angelo thing uh since the weekend and he cleared waivers yesterday, and, and Jeff Gordon and, and John Davidson basically said he's done as a Ranger. They're not going to buy him out yet, but they're, they're, they're looking for a team to take him. Um, this guy has fought with teammates. He has been suspended numerous times in his career at a junior level. His social media is, as some would describe it as interesting. Others describe it as, as racist. Um, this is also a guy who got Norris Trophy votes last year. Would you be surprised if another team throws a lifeline to the career of Tony D'Angelo. And if you were in that room and saw him walk in, like what would you be thinking? Well, I, I think his career is at a, at a crossroads right now where it's unacceptable just how you know he's sort of acting behind the scenes. So we don't really know exactly what that is, but we have an idea. So I think he needs to step away from the game and actually get some help and get some uh, corrective thinking on just how his views on how the world works. But this is not a politics thing. No one's there's the newsflash, guys. There's there's many Trump supporters, you know, in the National Hockey oh, League, and that's mostly right. for tax purposes, right? But right. you know, in the dressing room, in the dressing room within that social construct, you have to act a certain way. You have to conform and 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 sort of have a singular view on just how we're going to be successful as a team. So if you're disrupting that, and he's a great player, look how good of a player he is, and this still happens. So it must have been a big, big issue, and I'm sure it's going 
going to come to light a lot sooner than later. So this is not saying, ah, you know what, he wears a red hat to the rink the other day. I've played with guys that, that are you know, wearing red hats. I've knocked it off their head a couple times, but that's neither here nor there. This is a lot deeper than that. When you come to the arena, this is a professional organization. There's rules. There's regulations. There's how you treat your treatment, uh, your teammates. That's how it works. That's how it works. And if you can't conform to that, I'm sorry, there's no place for you in the National Hockey League or even right now in, in society now. Look at that. You can't even act a, a fool on Twitter these days. They're suspending accounts, right? So if you're a lunatic fringe, you better, you know, you better figure it out and you know, start talking to your dog because there's no place for you really in society as a functioning member of society. So that's my personal view on that. Uh, Anthony Stewart here on Tim. So before we let you go, uh, Line A's debut in Columbus tonight yes. now on Sportsnet 360. I'm really interested in this, Anthony, because he's such a great goal scorer, but he's also had some pretty good talent around him in Winnipeg. And I like the kids in Columbus, but they are kids. What do you expect to see from him in Columbus? My prediction, goals. <laughs> yeah. And uh, check his car facts. A lot of his goals, he creates a lot off the rush from himself. He's got that rocket shot on the power check play. The and he's one of those guys, 140 <laughs> goals in, in, in 306 games. I'm not sure what I said that was so funny, but check maybe a gift. Check the car facts. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, okay, that's my regular. I'm not trying to be funny. That's my that's regular so conversation. Good. That's my regular uh, linguistic. <laughs> oh. But... Uh, uh, he's one of those guys that just puts the puck in the net, and I don't care if he's playing with uh, Texier, who scored that goal. I nicknamed that goal the uh, the Lucille. That was uh, uh, Phil uh, Philip Banks in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air oh, yeah. when he was, break out uh, Lucille. Oh, yeah, yeah. Break out break Lucille. Out Lucille. That's the Lucille goal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. he's one of those guys that's just going to put the puck in the net. And people were complaining about his 200 foot game. He fixed that last year. He went from like a minus 25 the year before to a plus eight. So he's a 200 foot player now. No doubt in my mind that uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets won that deal, hands down, just based on the fact that this guy's going to score, score, and score some more. Let's hope it's a Lucille moment and not a Carlton Banks grab the ball from Will, chuck it from midcourt moment. Where <laughs> pass it, it to Will. Yeah. <laughs> 20 laps, oh, pass it to Will. <laughs> uh, what a great show. <laughs> Finally, Anthony, before we let you go, because I can't, again, as Tim knows, forgive me, Tim, I'm addicted to the It's On hockey promo. Absolutely addicted. Kevin BX is getting in on it, clearly. Um, do you guys privately, all of you, believe your part is the best part of that commercial? Like, I think you believe your part, because Berkey's the one getting a lot of run. He's got a lot of run for his line. Do you think your moment where you, where you check Merrick and you just, slay, you just wrist one, do you believe that's the best part of the commercial? Well, I'm going to pass it to Berkey. Berkey, I think, had the best because that accentuates his personality the best. I had the worst day shooting. I had to knock down a water bottle off a net, and I couldn't do it because I had the the the, the Paul Coffey straight wood Sherwood stick from 1965. <laughs> I got a, a, a dollar store puck. And, hey, Stewie, you're now we're going to put an extra medium suit on you, and now you're going to throw a sauce pass from four feet, and you're going to knock this off. So literally 25 takes later, I said, forget this. I fired it, and it literally went off the crossbar and broke a screen. So um, I, I gave them uh, David Amber's company number. So when uh, they invoice uh, him for that, uh, David's going to say, oh, it's on. <laughs> yeah. The hairline's a little different. The medium and man, Paul Coffey is pissed somewhere in the greater Toronto area that you gave him 1965. But that's another story for another day. Hey, Stewie, always great catching with you. Catching Thanks up with you. a lot, Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. See you, Stewie. There is uh, Anthony Stewart, who's pissed off. Nick Alberga, because he said tertiary on this show. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great name, or great word. Not a name. It's a word. I I do grammar good. I'm a big Anthony uh, Stewart fan. Big. Can Anthony I? Stewart fan. 
Can I tell, I just, I keep, I've seen this tweet a couple times now, and I think this year is the example of how you can explain it properly. But uh, Fran wrote in and said, why are there regional games? So many star viewers, it doesn't make sense. Hashtag Sportsnet. Uh, Tim was so excited about NHL. North Division Sportsnet coverage sucks. How many Sabres games do we have to watch? Show more North Division games. Tim and Sid help. TSN pays money to show the Habs, Jets, and Sens games and Leafs. locally. And Leafs. Yeah. Uh, locally. And if you just show the games, they're wasting millions of dollars. So that's why we can't show the games nationally. I hope that I hope that's a better explanation than the ones people have gotten in the past because I even get it from my friends. They're like, ah, oh, why can't I watch this? And I'm like, because TSM paid millions of dollars to show it locally. You can't just take the game from them. Yeah, and, and, and the national rights were billions of dollars, right? So right. whatever you see on a Wednesday night, hockey night on the Saturday, most of the playoffs, national, like national and local rights in this country are different. And I, I think it's good of you to bring it up, Tim, because I don't think, I, honestly, we, we don't talk about it on air like this. I know people in our industry, this is boring as hell, but it's a different contract. You cannot show games nationally in this country if you purchase them regionally. The price tag is different. The, right. the rules around it are different. That's just the way it is. That's, that's above our pay, our pay grade, right? Like, that's the big wigs negotiating those deals. So right. th- I'm sorry if you're upset. There are ways around that. There are packages you can buy. I know you don't right. want to hear that, but that's the reality of it, and that's how the business of this is right. going to go. And, and it that's protects it. the two interests in Canada. Or three right. inches, four inches if you go to Quebec as well. Uh, two different pregame shows coming up on the television side of things. Raptors pregame show comes your way on East Ontario and one. Brad Faye, Sherman Hamilton as Toronto battles Orlando in the Battle of Central Florida. Got it good and since you understood. Hockey Central. Yeah, the Derby. Hockey Central also coming your way. Carolyn Cameron. Uh, Colby Armstrong, Mike Feuda ahead of eight in the NHL after two postponements and three more in the Canadian division tonight. So there is a full slate on the Sportsnet family of channels and hopefully uh, my explanation on TSN paying the money and not ripping their money off is why we have regional and national games. Yeah, I'd like to think, uh, I was going to say I'd like to think most people knew that, but I don't know that. I don't know if that's a true comment. Like who know who knows who actually knows what the rules of engagement are in our business. So I think I think it's a good thing to bring up. I, I think we right. explained it as best we could. We explained it as best we could. Um, all right. So here's the deal. Again, for those watching on one Ontario and East, you got Raptors pregame coming up. Everyone else, you got Hockey Central coming up on the back end here on Sportsnet 590, the fan streaming online and on Sportsnet 360. Tim McAuliffe and myself will talk to uh, a human being I genuinely love. Donovan Bennett, longtime friend of the show, talking about some important things here. Next, this is Tim and Sid. We're live on TV and radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim and Sid. We are live on TV and radio. Donovan Bennett, the one and only, joining us from Parts Unknown. Donovan, welcome to welcome to Tim and Sid. It's great to see you. Is there a... Can we talk about your personal situation here a little bit? 
I know it's always a dangerous place to start off the front of a conversation. <laughs> the look Donovan just gave Donovan's you. terrified right now where this is going. But you just just so you, yeah. just just in case you're a little echoey, you just moved into your new place, right? Just to just explain. to explain it before we get going. Yeah, why are you putting your business my business on Front Street for? Like I like to stay on on Bay or Wellington, and you're just putting my business on Front Street. Yes, I have recently moved. I'm now a West End man. Uh, in, in, for all our, our Torontonians who are listening and watching, uh, after being raised on the east side, uh, I made the move because there's one less land transfer tax. Anything else personal you want to talk about? <laughs> well, hold on. We can hear your family right now. Just, that's so that's, yeah, that's like, one part of this. And you've got some lovely wainscoting that we have never seen before behind you. A right lot now. of wain. Like this is. There is Wayne oh, and there is like Scotting. My, like my situation, eh? I mean, <laughs> the, the the ring light's not 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 big enough for you to see the whole space. Maybe I'll just right. I'll just well, take, uh, whatever. Oh, it's oh, not as good. Oh, oh, look at that! Wow, look at that! Fancy, huh? Wow, look at that! Listen, you want you want to talk personal? Well, the the actual genesis of this, um, because all things lead to the same thing. So all things lead to the fact that Sid is a jerk. So the genesis of this is. When I was waiting to move and at my God love them, my in-laws house, uh, Sid decided on national television and local radio to put them on blast for the color of their wall. And so, you know what? Uh, not only my moved, I decided to, to have a statement wall of myself. Um, you know this, Sid, because you're moving to City. Uh, City Line has an interior decorator. Michael Lambie is his name. He's a great expert. He's like, listen, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to help you with your situation when you move so Sid doesn't put you on blast again. So slowly but surely, we're, we're trying to redecorate my space because you are a jerk. Next Sorry. question. Sorry, just so I'm clear. <laughs> you're saying I'm the jerk because I got a City Line decor person to help you out in a weird way. And for the record, I didn't make fun of your in-laws' home. I said I didn't like the look of it at all from the inside. It's a big difference. Okay? Oh, it's a huge right. difference. Okay, it's my bad. And I sent them a box of edibles as a present. That's the wrong <laughs> term. What did I send them? Can't like whatever, like chocolate <laughs> cookies. I didn't mean to say the first thing. I sent them cookies and a basket of stuff. I felt there terrible is. about insulting them, which I did. And I'm sorry to Donovan's in-laws. They're very gracious. Just I didn't digging them, that hole. Send them edibles. Sorry. Here, here's a shovel. Can you dig it, fool? Can you dig it? We can dig it. Can y'all dig what it? you meant to say was an edible arrangement, not a box of edibles. Because those are two different things. That's what I meant to say. But but my point is, at the end of the story, you have a city line interior decorator coming to your place for, I'm guessing, for free because you are that charming and whoa, it's just whoa, taking whoa, care of your whoa. business. What did we say about putting my business in the street? Don't talk about prices. <laughs> All right, let's, Don't talk. We, come on now. Can we, can we get to why you, well, not why you're on the show, but one of the reasons why you're on the show, Adam writes in and says, I miss Donovan Bennett's red wall. Never mind. Let's move on, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know from talking to you that cultivating and providing the content and facilitating the content for this Black History Month at Sportsnet is important to you, uh, which usually in Canada means that you have to do a lot more work. Why do you, having moved recently with a young child and a young family at home, why have you decided that you're going to put so much into this month for this network? Uh, well, so it's a good question. So. Uh... 
in terms of advice, uh, one bald guy at the beginning of my career said to me, come with 10 ideas. And only if one of them gets through, that's one more thing you're working so on. So when did Ryan Leslie say that to you? <laughs> After Tim McAuliffe said it. Oh, sorry, sorry. But, but, you know, in this you know racial reckoning that, that we had this summer and that I want us to continue to have so that it's not just a moment in the movement, uh, I found that we had some great conversations and I was creating some great content. But then at the end of the day, I, I would see my mentions and it would just be people fighting with each other. And I'm like, am I additive? Like, am I helping the solution? There's two people on both sides. A bunch of people agree and loved and consume the content. A bunch of people hated that we we're even doing it and they just fought. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And in this moment, what normally happens around Black History Month is in our industry, an ally editor, for us, it's Evan Rosser, walks around the office like he's an usher uh, with an offering plate, says, hey, can you chip in? Hey, can you chip in? Hey, can you do this? We throw it together and that's our Black History Month coverage. And I was like, no, that's not good enough, right? If we're gonna have this all-in program and we're gonna really all-in, then let's be all-in. And if I'm gonna write about it, then let me allow some other people with my platform to write about it. So that's what we did. We went directly to the community to have them lead us to water on what are the stories we should be telling, but most importantly, how should we be telling them? And, and so that's what I did. I put together like an all-star cast for me of, of writers, videographers, uh, photojournalists, and said, go to work. And, and luckily, not only Sportsnet, but Rogers stepped up and said, we're, we're gonna fund it. We're gonna pay for it. So that's what this project is. And so, um, you know, I'm so excited that every Monday you're gonna have four, you know, in some weeks, five new pieces of content. Some from us, because we're not absolving ourselves from being part of the conversation, but in a big way from, you know, black content creators who at the best of times are the first to get fired and the last to get hired. So in a pandemic, I really love the fact that we're putting them to work for a good cause. Donovan Bennett here on Tim and Sid. Donovan, I don't, I don't want you to single out uh, one piece over another because everyone, uh, based on what you're telling us here, is going to be extremely important in, in, in very unique ways. But are there a couple of features, a couple of pieces that we're going to be seeing either this week or in the, or, or in the weeks to come that stick out to you for whatever reason? Yeah, for sure. The ones that I'm in. Like, forget all the nice things I said about those people. <laughs> Just consume my oh, stuff. Saturday night, hockey night essay. Michelle Bethoff produced it. Fire. John Wiggins feature on the site right now. Fire. No, ser on all seriousness, um, there is a written piece uh, that's on the site right now. Um, in, in, and it's by Hadia Roderick. And it talks about um, the code switching you have to do as, as a black person, both in life but often sometimes in sport, even though when you're between the white lines, um, you know, you, you have to make other people feel comfortable. And as a racialized person, that always puts you in a position of uncomfort. So um, I, I cannot uh, necessarily walk in the shoes of, of a black woman because they are carrying two burdens, but 100% there's much of what she wrote that I, that resonated with me. And, and it, it did crazy numbers yesterday, and I hope it does the same. So check it out. Donovan Bennett joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, if you want to see any of these things, you can check them out. Smorsted.ca slash blackhistorymonth.ca. Uh, Donovan, you know I love stealing thoughts. And all you have to do is type quotes into Google and there's a wealth of experience uh, at your fingertips. One that stuck with me over the last 10 months is Plato, who said, never discourage anyone who continually makes progress, no matter how slow. When did you realize, like many before you, that you might not be able to benefit 
from the change that you are looking for, but there will be many who will. When did you realize this? And was it disheartening, empowering, both all at the same time? Uh, both, all of the above, um, which is my go-to answer, like in university when I didn't know, I was just like, I'm just going all of the above. <laughs> uh, like they put all of the above here for a reason. Might as well activate on it. Um, and that's why I'm here talking to you guys. Um, no, I mean, so for me, for me, like, I would say for me, you guys know this, I'm stubborn. Like I'm hard headed. Uh, and, you know, some of it is just the culture that I, that I come from. Uh, us as Jamaicans, like we're the loudest and, and we, you know, uh, always are going to have a force of will of, of bending the world to what we we want. And, you know, my parents, my grandparents, uh, even though I was born here, they come from a country where everyone looks like them. The custodial worker looks like them. The prime minister looks like them. The criminals look like them. The police officers look like them. So there was never a thought for me growing up that, oh, like, you know, you can't do something, that, that this is not going to work. So even though it was frustrating because it seemed like there was a system set up, you know, not for me necessarily to fail, like, I wasn't really rational in my thinking. I was like, no, I'm going to figure this out because that's just what we're going to do. And so certainly coming through it somewhat and looking back, I'm like, well, this doesn't need to be this difficult. And so are there ways now that I am talking to you guys on national TV uh, that I can help and use that platform and the vast resources that we have at our disposal and working for a place like Rogers to help some other people? Like the funny thing is, I've, I've never had a manager that looks like me. Uh, uh, you know, I have few more now, but I've had few coworkers that look like me. And I was like, did, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing unique about me. There should be a lot more me. So n now that there's me, how can I figure out a way to create some more? And, and luckily, slowly but surely, but we're getting there. Donovan Bennett here on Tim and Sid. I'm also hard-headed, so I could tell hard-headed. So hard-headed respects hard -headed. literally and figuratively. <laughs> Tim's both. Tim is from the physical and and emotional yeah. sense. A lot of hard-headed people on this call. Um, Donovan, what we've the three of us have done a lot of talking here over the last twelve months, and it is it's Black History Month, and the knee-jerk feeling for me, DJ, is okay. This 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 Black History Month feels different, but I. But I don't know that. Like, is does it feel different to you, considering what we've seen the last little while? Yeah, it's a good question, because I'm going to be honest. Like, from Memorial Day, when, uh, uh, you know, Amy Cooper weaponizes Christian Cooper's blackness and threatens him, and uh, in the evening, George Floyd loses his life over the span of almost nine minutes, um, I was been kind of like suspect as to how much of this performative. Like, I know you got a black square on your Instagram, but you changing your life at all? And, and so I, I don't know if it's actually different because I don't know how much of what we're seeing from people is performative, right? Like, because if it's real, then it is uh, not a nice to do, but it's a need to do for the other 11 months of the year. Uh, 
And, and so it's tough in a, in a vacuum to say if it's different. I mean, it's no different for me. I think the only difference for me is um, there's more people willing to listen, willing to have the conversation. Someone actually said to me recently, man, you know, you really found your voice. And I was like, I didn't go to the lost and found. Like, I've been saying these things for a while. I did a... How did you take that? So, How did you take that? Oh, seven. No, but uh, I had the same reaction. Sometimes, like, yeah. When, when, okay, so Donovan, honestly, because I know you're, you're a professional, but when you heard that internally, your reaction was what? Well, I mean, so you're talking to a person who deals with some form of microaggression, like every day. So it's, it's just by default what your life is like. Right. I, but I didn't feel a type of way about it because it was meant as a compliment. Like I think I, I feel like we're at a time where we look for a reason to be upset at things when like intent actually matters. Right. And, and so if we're going to be honest and we want people to have, be comfortable having these conversations, then we have to understand that that intent matters and that people aren't going to go to zero to 60 on their education and things overnight. I, I, I understood where it came from because what they were trying to articulate but didn't really understand was my voice hasn't changed. My speaker box has changed. The willingness for other people to listen has changed. But my voice, my views on this issue hasn't changed. If anything, um, you know, maybe I feel less away about saying it authentically, but I've been saying these things for, for a while. And, and so that, that information let me know that, and, and really the data, like when we see the amount of people that are consuming the content, um, that let me know that, okay, like there's, a bigger audience for this. The tent is slowly getting bigger. And although I feel like our world at times is getting more divisive, I do think that there are more people who are willing to eat, at least listen on how they can be allies. Right. The, the term Black History Month is, is, is for a reason. We had to give history during February because we didn't get it in our education systems. Now it's much different. All month, I get emails and calls from teachers asking for us to take our content so they could play it in their classes to augment the education that they're already getting. So now what we want to do is empathetically have people to connect with the people telling the stories so they can apply that education and actually be motivated to activate on it. I love that you said the intent because eventually you have to have conversations. I know there's a lot of arguing going on and judging intent is very hard, but no one was no one's saying that it's going to be easy. Uh, so moving forward, it's something to keep in mind. And, and just if I could weigh in from the white guy angle on all this, Donovan, for one second here, um, you have seen 1-800-DIAL-A-WHITE-GUY. <laughs> yes, we've flipped the script on it. Uh, you see my career. I've always tried to practice what I preach. I've always tried to, when I have power, uh, to have an inclusive and diverse group. I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes, not even trying to suggest that. But the crazy thing is, is that I feel like it's benefited me. Like, how do we get more people, even if you are a selfish MFer, to realize that being inclusive and having diverse mindsets around you make your show, your company, your decisions make you better? So even if you are selfish in this moment and say, I don't need any of this, I don't need to live... You have to understand that being inclusive, being having just different mindsets will make you better. It's a great point. And, and so one thing I hear all the time is, well, I don't want to listen to this guy. 
I don't agree with what he has to say. Well, one, if you don't listen, you don't know if you agree or not. But two, even if you disagree, sometimes you learn about your position and why you feel the way you do by listening to people on the other side and having to defend that position or talking through it. So there's benefit, even if you're on the other side of the aisle, to listen to people, to have conversation. In terms of being diverse, like forget about morals, let's talk about money. If you are running a Fortune 500 company, any sort of organization, a household, it behooves you to have a wide audience and a wide breadth of ideas when you're deciding to do anything. So we know, like this is not just conjecture, this has been studied over time that businesses perform better when they're diverse. And so if you wanna cut out half of the workforce and say, well, listen, I'm not gonna promote women, well, do you, but there's a lot of smart minds that you're just not considering. If you wanna say, especially given our immigration patterns and the tanning of our country and North America as a whole, that yeah, you know what, I don't really care about uh, you know racialized groups, BIPOC groups, minorities, well, fine, but, but you're losing all of that expertise and ingenuity and thought of diversity that you could be tapping into. So for, forget about the morals for, for, for a second. Just think about the money, the profit margin. Anything you're doing performs better historically over time, the wider the audience with which you cast to bring in the idea. So, so, so if you're, you're in a hiring position or you're starting a company or running a company or making a decision, then, then you know why not check all the options? I know a closing line when I hear it. He is the one and only Donovan Bennett. We have been having this conversation for about a decade, and uh, we are always honored whenever he comes on. Again, to echo uh, Donovan's sentiments as we celebrate Black History Month, the content is coming thick and fast on .ca, sportsnet.ca, and watch for it around Sportsnet and Hockey Night and a lot of places you're going to be able to see it. Donovan, thank you very much. Uh, you are a dear friend, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate you. Uh, this was heavy. I thought I was coming on to talk about the real housewives of the NBA. Like, you guys <laughs> missold this segment. Next segment. Appreciate Next you. time you're on. Next right. time you're on. Yeah. And we'll do Wayne Scotting as well. There's, uh, <laughs> there's Donovan Bennett here on Tim and Sid. Time for a break. When we come back, we'll tie a bow on this baby. Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Tim and Sid. Sportsnet Radio and TV. Something go on between uh, Manchester United today? Oh, my God. I can't believe we didn't get to it with DJ. So, Man U took on Southampton today. Uh, the final mm -hmm. was Manchester United 9. Oh. Southampton, not 9, as in 0. So, the final score in the Premier League. Premier League. Not some weird FA Cup game. Premier League. 9-0. Right. Craig Forrest who was once in the net for a 9 nothing thrashing as an Ipswich goalie back in 1995, oh. uh, tweeted out, 9 nothing. that sounds familiar. Craig, a lot of deflections that game. Too hard on yourself. A lot of deflections. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Is, uh, is so Man yeah, U good this year? Or is this... Well, Man, U, Man U right now are tied with Man City at, at, at top the Premier League, but Man City have two points in, or two games in hand. Two games. And Leic Leicester City, sorry, two games in hand. Leicester City's right there. Um, Liverpool's not far. It's really close in, in England this year, Tim. And I think, man, you were that good to answer your question. But I think their mm. fan base is crazy and will just will just jump on them on every turn, despite the fact yeah. that they're tied for That's first That's what it right feels now. like. That's yeah, what it feels like, like for me. They're unreasonable. The fan base is unreasonable for Manchester United. It's ridiculous. So I still think City are the deepest team, but we'll see. This is, this is the best EPL race I've seen in years. This is, and Leicester, Tim. Leicester, they're back. The Cinderella boys. Like, they're back. It's crazy. It's, it's, they're in it.
It's it's a nuts story. It's crazy. Uh, Raptors about to get going on Sportsnet. Is there a, a Pascal Siakam revival in the midst of taking place, or is this just two games and let's wait and see here? Because it feels like whatever they become in the next five years, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet will have to be better than what they are right now. Do you do you think that kind of pressure affects him? Because I think he knows that. I think you're right, and I think he knows that, and I think the team knows that. Do you think he's handling that pressure well? I I don't know that it's all pressure. I think it's I think part of it is trying to adjust to being a superstar. And if he hits the outside shot, if he hits threes consistently, he's a superstar because there's no defending him because he's as big as he is and can get to the rim as well as he does. And I think everyone knew it and put the pressure on him to if they're going to be good this year, you have to hit that outside jumper. And he just wasn't there yet. And I think in the last two games, if you look at the numbers, he's only taken three three-point shots in the last two games and averaged 31 points per game in those two. I think what you're seeing is a revision of expectations along with the pressure that comes with what you're talking about, if that makes some sense. Yeah, and he has to embrace it. I agree with you. He has to embrace it. It's, it's, it's not going anywhere. Everyone knows what the, what, what's in the secret sauce for this Raptors team. Pascal has to be Pascal. The, the 23 points per game guy before the pandemic, Pascal Siaka, that we saw. Uh, again, Magic and Raptors tonight, not only here on Sportsnet 590, the fan on Sportsnet 1 East in Ontario. Timmy, also, uh, the, law, the 649 line has been broken up to start the Canucks game tonight in Montreal. So right now, Pedersen is with Holander and Pearson. Bo Horvat will start the game. Start, who knows, right? Start the game with Besser and JT Miller. So Canuck fans, Travis Green obviously not happy. No one was happy last night, definitely. He is shuffling. All right, that's... Uh, that's it for us. Enjoy the Raptors. Enjoy the hockey. It's going to be another fun one, Tim. Terrific job. Always a pleasure. Thank you for this. Thank you to Anthony Stewart, Donovan Bennett, Marcus Simeon. Could be an interesting Jays week from what we're hearing. And as we leave you, never forget. Wash your hands. Just going to wash this. Wash That's your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't be washing dirty. Washing your hands. Washing your hands. Washing your hands. One oh one. See you.